Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Can't appreciate your follow and time it takes to click and take a listen. I've got a treat for you this episode once again. I've got an amazing guy. He's the founder and CEO of Master Your Mindset. He's a speaker, an author, a father of five, a husband. He was a two-sport NCAA athlete in the Pac-12. And since starting his company, his training has been utilized by the likes of Nike, Zillow, Lululemon, Stryker, Salesforce, as well as Tulane, Oregon State, and Miami University. Welcome to the show, Colin Henderson. And tell us a bit about your journey from being a, a two-sport Pac-12 athlete to CEO of Master Your Mindset. Tyler, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Talk yeah. about uh, what an honor it is, and I respect what you're doing. Uh, you're giving amazing content. You're an amazing voice, amazing light to the world. So first of all, thank you for that. Uh, so yeah. about me, yeah. So um, I, was, I just love sports. I was a good athlete growing up. My, my dad was a, a college athlete. Um, I had a brother who was older, like we were playing wiffle ball, we were playing basketball, we had a basketball hoop in our, our backyard, uh, playing football all the time. So my first game of tackle football was before my first day of, of first grade. <laughs> nice. So I was dialed and I loved to play sports. And then luckily enough in high school, I, I did well. Um, I had some offers across the country. Uh, my dad played quarterback at Washington State. My brother was playing for the Cougs at the time. So I was like, this is a no brainer. Um, but when I got to college and I kind of recognized, you know, once you make that jump, so I was always a good player and I, I played as a true freshman at Washington state playing yeah. football and baseball. I also played as well, but like a lot of athletes, you know, at that time I hid anxiety. Sure. I wouldn't talk about it. And the way I like to uh, phrase it is I was like an iceberg for most of my life, Tyler, above the surface, there's a small mass people see on paper calling is crushing it you know playing starting he's a good student you know popular yada yada but under the surface man I hit anxiety um, I wasn't confident if I wasn't first I was last I got my uh, validation in outcomes so if I was performing well I was worthy if I failed I was worthless yeah. and after I got done playing in college you know I had this career in uh, I would sell the companies I would I would sell to hospital hospital surgeons doctors so that same worth, I mean, sales is like sports. So I would have success, yep. but I was like living and dying on the numbers every single week, every single month. Yeah. And I had some good years, some bad years. I just wasn't just fully there. And I think like seven years ago, man, I hit just a rough patch, like married for a few years. We had, uh, we just had our second kid, but I was depressed. I was anxious. I wasn't sleeping. My BP was like in the one forties. Uh, I was seeing, seeing counseling. I was just in my own way. I kind of hit that like, you know, I was like 32 years old and I'm like, what, what am I, what am I here for? Like, I just hadn't found my like calling yet. Yeah. And uh, in this time of struggle, I had a mentor give me a book called Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shermin. Okay. So prior to that moment, Tyler, I was crushing Netflix. I was watching every sporting event there was. And my escape wasn't drugs and alcohol. It was going to watch movies. It was going to the movie theater. I would escape from the world and just 
numb myself and watching movies. But what this book gave me was a tool. I was hit, hit such a low point. It's like, I'm looking for anything, anything to help me get out of this funk. And it taught me that you know, we have this internal judge in our mind, this critic that is not the real you. Just recognizing that the brain is created to survive, not thrive. That was a, a, yeah. a huge moment for me. I changed careers companies in the new sales role and had a mentor that would like, he crush it. He was like a sales coach. He was a, a sales trainer. And he, he taught me this phrase. He's like, Colin, it's not sales strategy. It's sales psychology. Selling yes. success and happiness is a mental game. He's like, I'm going to give you 30 books that I now have coined the Jedi scrolls. So I'm going to give you these 30 books and right. teach you the power of the mind. And so I read all these things and like, I just had transformation, man. I was happier, healthier, sure. and I was crushing it at work. And you know, a year goes by, I'm like, like ranked number one in the country. So I was like, other people need this stuff, man. Like, <laughs> why did I wait till I was 32, 33 to get these nuggets and to get this guidance on self-talk, self-awareness, how to visualize, how to goal set, yeah. process over outcome, how to train courage, how to attack fear and failure and master these five words. I'm not defined by this. E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome. And so I was like, it's my mission to get this stuff out. So I started blogging. In, in 2016, I started blogging like three, three posts a week. And this was back when people used to read blogs. Right. Um, and so people started to read my content and, hey, can you come talk to my team, talk to my school, talk to my sales organization. And then I wrote my first book in 2017. And the rest is history, dude. Like, I'm just so blessed to be in this moment, to be of service, to bring value, to be authentic, to be vulnerable, and to connect and serve. Long answer, but that's how, I, that's how it started. Sure. You, and you kind of already, uh, you got into the, the next question I had a little bit as uh, I was wondering how you made this transfer from, you know, having success in, in medical sales and in that industry into the mental conditioning uh, to kind of replace that question. Um, I feel like there's a lot of young people that they get in a similar situation. You are, I've been in sales in certain situations. Um, but man, how clutch was that mentor that handed you to the Jedi scrolls and just kind of yes. you know, took you aside? Cause then so many times in that environment, it's, it's either, you know, compete or get away. Um, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, embrace and encourage. Yeah. Well, I, I think of this, I think of, this is from Jim Rowan. You are a byproduct of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. Your network will reveal your net worth. Mm -hmm. So there are three types of people on the planet, a zero, a minus, or a plus. How many minuses are in your life that are taken away? How many zeros that are just kind of dead weight? How many pluses that are elevating your performance with their habits, with their routines, with being kind, like setting ginormous goals? And I think, you know, being around leaders and around people that want to give, I have a mindset of abundance, not lack. Yeah. There's enough for it. There's enough for everyone. So why would I hold this stuff into myself and just being around those people that, that express abundance that they want to give. And this is from Carol Dweck growth versus fixed mindset, fixed mindset. People, when people have success, they get afraid, they get small, they get, they, why am I not doing that? Where growth mindset people is they celebrate when people have success. Yeah. So it's just, I think, um, just recognizing is like, who is in my crew? Who is in my squad? Who am I around often? And it really champion being around 
people who want to elevate you. Okay. And uh, we might have to pause one second. This is life as an entrepreneur with, with children. <laughs> I hear you. Um, so, so before they start making a lot of noise, I might have to get my wife, Kendra, to get the girls out. No worries. Hey, girl, hey girls, can you go outside for a second? We're, Daddy's on a, a phone call. Crosby, Joe, Nora, can you go outside for one second, honey? Let me get my, uh, my, my wife, Kendra. Oh, you're good. Hey, we should keep this on there, too. I had to say. Bella, where, where's that mom? Can, can, you, can she get the, the younger girls for just maybe a, like a half hour? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, this, this is Bella. Bella you What's want to up? <laughs> Hello. Hi, hi to Tyler. Yeah. This is my, my, my last call of the day, and I'm, I'm going to be. You want to see Tyler? You want to say hi to Tyler? That's Crosby. What's up? This is Char Charlie, one of my the best buddies, Charlie. What's up, Charlie? Vi Vice President of Wheels Up Aviation. All you right. Private jet. Okay. All, all right. Talk about your alignment to find your assignment. Right. Hang out with dudes like uh, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> Did that answer your question? I, yeah. I think. I yeah. think so. We can just kind of keep it rolling. Um, I think it's just recognizing what culture are you a part of? What organizations, what teams are you a part of? Yeah. Are you a part of teams that are about abundance and about service or is it about lack? And I'm trying to keep all this stuff to myself. Right. I just want to be around people that, you know, are creative, that are vulnerable. And I also, these are, you know, uh, three words that are so powerful. Success leaves clues. Yep. So get around people that have been there, done that and model those behaviors your life's going to change. Yeah. So it's just having the awareness of like, Hey, am I around minuses, zeros or pluses? Most of, most of the time, your alignment defines your assignment. We have what's called mirror neurons in our brain. We model mirror what we see. Yep. So make gratitude normal, make taking, you know, fun risks that are scary, but are amazing that you can grow normal, uh, make service normal, make innovation normal. So be around people that have those same core like beliefs or have people that don't believe the same as you. But, you know, I think that's going to be huge for the, the listeners out there. No doubt. Um, especially balancing uh, two sports in college. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how important it is for, you know, just that the effect our time management can have on our, our mindset and anxiety? Yeah. Well, well for me, it comes down to this uh, – this, this kind of statement. This is from Newton's first law. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. An object in idle stays in idle. So I think I've learned that I'm more productive when I have a lot going on. Yep. So I'm more creative. I'm more focused when I'm playing two sports, when I'm juggling a full-time corporate job and a side hustle. Now I have the side hustle. Um, but to me, it comes down to process. It comes down to just the fundamental truth of do you have a daily routine list? Yep. I like to call it either your MIT's most important tasks or your hit list, highly important tasks. Good and stuff. just have the self-awareness or what are the three things I need to do to win the day? Yep. This is from Brian Tracy, eat the frog first. <laughs> do, do the hard thing first. Yep. So you look at your list, you have 10 things to do. Do you do the easy things first? You will not produce and get productive that way. But yep. can you pinpoint, you know, three, four, five things? If I execute these. I'm going to win the day, but what's that one thing I need to do? What's that one domino that's going to knock them all down? 
So I'm a big journaler, writer, you know, I think if you can do these three things each morning is get up an hour early, exercise, practice some mindfulness or read or meditate and write down your MITs. If you can do those three things, you'll win the day and make your bed. But, yeah, uh, make your bed too. That's right. Get that motion in motion. Uh, great advice uh, for, for athletes and coaches out there if you're listening. Um, from what I also know uh, about your work, um, you talked about abundance. When I see your social media, man, you can feel your, your gratitude and just your authentic um, care for the world, I, I feel like, just for, through social media and just being able to you know, connect with you on a limited basis. But I always feel like, too, that, you know, you have a depth to your message about really caring about athletes beyond just how it's going to help performance, but how the mind's going to impact their life. Yeah. And I really like this concept, person over performer. Yeah. Coaches, parents, these are, we, these are human beings first. Athlete, performer, you are a human being first. So I think my biggest struggle was, again, I mentioned earlier, my validation and self-worth came from these external things you know how many catches i get how many how many um hits did i get what are people saying is my name in the, in the paper in my you know all conference so it's like every time i stepped on that field or court that performance was a matter of, of life and death because my worth and my happiness and my perception of love funneled through that game which is so unhealthy so i think just teaching these performers and coaches, man, you are a human being choosing to play a sport. And I say, these are the five most powerful words you can say. I'm not defined by this. Yeah. So, and, and what I teach young athletes is I take out a piece of paper and I draw a circle and I write the word me in it. And I say, this is your me wheel. Imagine a wheel that has like on a bike that just has one spoke. Yep. If you hit a bump in the road, a pothole or a, a curb, you're going to crash and burn and fall. It's going to be, it's going to get ugly. So that's where performers, they have just one spoke on their self identity, their image. They just see, I'm just a performer. I'm just an athlete. They get all their self worth attached to that performance, which if we can have a more balanced lens on how I see myself now, your time is going to be probably really fully invested in training, exercising, working out practice, but let's have a little more healthier self image. I have my faith. I have my family. I'm a student. I love music. I love the arts, uh, whatever career outside of your sport yeah. you want to be like, have some of that vision as well. And I think what you're going to find is in those moments of pressure and stress, you say, this doesn't define me. This is a get to not a have to. I'm not going to focus on fear, but on this is fun. I'm not going to compare. I'm going to compete. Yeah. I have a better balance on how I see myself. Right on. Um, I always find it uh, interesting, maybe you do too, when you're with athletes that, uh, you know, you, you ask them who's their toughest critic and, and you get a lot of hands raised. Um, but then you like tell them we're going to do an assessment and the excitement kind of deflates. <laughs> um, um, I know you, you know, to really sometimes help athletes and teams, what forms of uh, assessments with uh, student athletes do you find uh, uh, most useful in getting them to maybe open the door to, to some of the ideas or mindset things they haven't explored or, or become aware of yet? Yeah, that's a great question because when we're working on the, the mental game, it's not like you can go to the weight room and do a baseline bench press, vert, <laughs> uh, do like a sprint test and then train for three months and then test post. So I think having some assessments 
to get that baseline is critical. Um, there's a lot of assessments out there. There's the grit scale that we can kind of get a baseline, but yeah. I've actually developed my own pre and post. Cool. So, cause I'm curious to understand, you know, you've never heard of mental training before. Uh, you haven't really heard of concepts like um, um, imagery or state management, you know? Yes. So the question that I ask is kind of just basic questions to get a base on, on like self-talk on, uh, on like your own focus. You focus on what you have or what you don't have. Yeah. Um, when you, uh, how often are you stressed or nervous, like prior or, or during a game or, or a match? Um, do you have systems and routines to, to, to calm down? Um, so I always do a pre and a post. And when I'm doing training throughout that, you know, year or that six months, I'm with that team. When I do a lesson, I'll pull from the answers from that survey that they all had. Yeah. And to kind of give an example, like where, where we're at. So I think if you're a mental coach, mindset coach, we need to be doing some of these pre and posts just for our own awareness and to give a viable asset to those coaches and yeah. the, the athletes that you're training. Yeah. I find sometimes just the, maybe the, the newness or the funkiness of a, a mindset assessment when you put it in front of a teenager, just, just creates a good dialogue sometimes <laughs> just cause it's kind of just like, yeah. why are they asking this? Why does this matter? Um, you know, so, yeah. Um, but if, so mine are simple. It's all electronic. It's in form. So you can just answer the questions. Cool. It takes probably two minutes. And then, you know, uh, what's one area of your mindset you want to improve? That, that's, that's the last question. Right. So on. I kind of get like a, an idea like, okay, what's one area that they, they want to, to, to train? And then put it in their MITs, right? Yeah, let's, 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 let's get a plan in place, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, but it's interesting, you know, and you also talk about fear. Right? So I have it's all like pre you just pick a question, but there's two is like, what's, what is causing fear or stress in your life? Seeing those answers. And what oftentimes is like, a, if it's a business or a sports team, there a lot of them are the same. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting. And you can kind of come together. Well, you're not the only one fearing this. So let's, let's tackle this collectively. Oh, um, no. But so, yeah, I think that's a great question. I've not been asked that question for time. That's a phenomenal question. Yeah. Good. Great answer too. Appreciate it. Um, so I know you're also uh, part of Limitless Minds. Um, for those that might not know even what that is or never heard of it, I, I'm just kind of know on the surface kind of what it is. Can you talk a little bit about what it is, what's going on there, and what you do with them? Limitless Minds. Shout out to my guys, Russell Wilson, Harry Wilson, DJ, the one of the best mental performance coaches in the world, Mr. Trevor Moad. So we're bringing competitive thinking to the business world. So Russell has been very outspoken about, you know, how important Trevor has been in, in his career. Mm -hmm. Trevor and him meet every Thursday during the season. They work together in the off season. They work on being neutral. So a lot of people think there's, you know, two ways of thinking positive or negative where Trevor and Russell are trying to create this language that, you know, neutral is a place to be neutral is not high, not low. Neutral is in the present moment. And business is the ultimate sport. As you know, working with the White Sox, you used to probably sell some stuff. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're going to fail. You're going to have success. Yep. There's pressure. You're working collectively as a group. There's hardship, but it's like, you know, um, in sport, we have someone stopping us from our goal. Yeah. In business, there's no one right in front of you guarding you. Right. So you're guarding yourself. No doubt. You're stopping yourself. You're in your own way. So these concepts that we teach on being neutral, the power of habit 
behaviors precede success. Your feelings are not facts. You know, positive self-talk or neutral self-talk uh, to create an, an internal advertising campaign um, on, and, you know, just uh, have that courage to be vulnerable. So that, um, we, we have, I had a friend that we both shared and I met with some of the guys and we just had a similar passion to bring this stuff to the, the business space. Um, and uh, I've learned a ton working with that organization, but okay. yeah, we're bringing the same mental skills that Russell uses that, you know, that you teach your athletes. We're bringing it to in business. It's the same thing. You know, there's a winner, a loser, there's a scoreboard, there's people that you're selling against. So to me, everybody needs this stuff. Stay at home moms need this stuff. Um, business professionals, schools. So one of my missions, Tyler, my, my main mission is to transform lives and normalize mental skills training. You yeah, don't need it. to be you don't need to be sick to get better. Trevor always says in Russell, yeah. you don't need to be sick to get better. So we're talking prehab, not rehab. You can't yep. just exercise. You got to exercise. So it's using these concepts and making them normal, making them simple and giving you tactical tools to build your plan so you can execute. So you, when you're in the moment you have to perform, you can think less and you can trust more. It's great stuff. If you're, uh, Looking for more of that Trevor Noad's book, uh, It Takes What It Takes, is fantastic. And I, you mentioned it. I really love the uh, internal ad campaign, um, that, that idea. So yes. um, thank you for bringing that up. Um, one other uh, two questions really left. Um, one uh, we always like to ask is if you could hop into that uh, DeLorean, go back and visit high school 16-year-old Colin. Uh, what one piece of advice would you tell yourself that you've learned uh, along your journey and reading the the Yoda scrolls and everything that's gotten up <laughs> where you are now? Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of this concept. I say, Colin, you know, you aren't who you think you are. You aren't who others think you are. You are what you think other people think you are, and that's often a lie. Ooh, say so, that again. Repeat that one more time for everybody. Yeah, uh, you aren't who you think you are. You, you aren't who others think you are. You are what you think other people think you are. So you're giving your happiness, your internal strength, your power, um, your God-given ability and gifts to other people that you might not even know. That you're, this, this perception that other people are thinking about you. That, the reality is they're not. No one goes to bed thinking about your mistake. Yeah. They're obsessing how, how they looked. Um, so just to get out of your own way and have the same compassion that you do for other people, have the same compassion and grace for yourself as you do for your, your uh, teammate. And I would just kind of say just basic core concepts of, you know, be authentic. There are 7.7 billion people on the planet and only one you. Yep. And that's amazing. So, so yeah. being different is cool. No being doubt. different is amazing. And I would just tell myself, be in the present moment. Stop pre-living and stop reliving moments. Yep. Be right where your feet are. Shame lives in the past. Fear lives in the future. Peak performance and happiness and the best version of you is in the present moment. So just train yourself to be present. And, hey, have some fun, bro. Chill out. <laughs> have some fun. Yeah. And I'll, I'll probably end with this. I'll probably end with this. Um, there's, there's a stigma in male athletes and athletes in general about asking for help yeah. and putting on this bravado of like, I'm tough and I'm hard nosed and mental toughness. 
thinking yeah. that you can't, you know, fe- feeling fear is bad. So I tell people, I don't want you to know fear and oh, I want you to K-N-O-W fear, know it. Yeah. Fear is a physical response to a mental threat. So your body is altering its state. But a way to overcome that is to make your mess your message. Ask for help. Yeah. Asking for help is a sign of strength, not weakness. From uh, peers that you trust, from counselors, from therapists. Like therapy is amazing. Coaching mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. So if Tom Brady has a coach to teach him how to throw, if Mike Trout has a coach to teach him how to hit, why should I have some coaches teach us how to think? Yeah. You know, we spend all this time working on the hardware. What about the software? The software controls the hardware. So, you know, again, making mental skills training normal, making being vulnerable normal, um, making, you know, being, being kind normal to the self and, and others. It's, uh, I love that point. Uh, a friend of mine, um, reading his book, yeah, he, uh, he talks a lot about how we're taught to do so much as we grow up, but no one really teaches us how to think along the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the so, yeah. phrasing I use with, with the phrasing I use is schools teach us what to think, they don't teach us how to think. Yep. So I one of my life missions again is to is to make a wellness class in every school. I think it's the most genius idea and so needed when now more than ever. Yeah, like you look at the stats, anxiety is the number one mental illness in teens and adults. 70 to 90% of US doctor visits are linked to stress. Five out of six top deaths in our country are linked to stress. Yep. What are we doing? Got to do something. You got to be proactive, not reactive. Let's be proactive. Exactly. Uh, you can't just go to the gym. You got to go to the mind gym. Let's go. Exactly. So, uh, so grateful for you to to join the podcast and share so much wisdom, man. There's a lot of great stuff. Um, the last thing we always like to ask, uh, Colin, how do you define it and view success? Love that question. And let me just add one extra caveat before I get into what I believe success is, is, um, so part of my story, Tyler, is I used to stutter like pretty bad as a kid, um, as an adult, I've been to, I've been to speech therapy three or four different times. Um, uh, I did, I joined a club that is called Toastmasters where I gave speeches every week for like three years. So I would say for me, as I've looked at what is success, um, based off of that experience of living in fear of, you know, of not being perfect, of messing up, you know, fluency and, um, you know, sports, you know, playing to, to not make a mistake instead of play to, to go after it and get after it. I define sec, I define, I define success in being a G. My goal in life is to be a G. I want to rebrand the word G and it's really three words that start with letter G. Number one is gratitude. Yeah. Is to train gratitude and live in gratitude, live in optimism, focus on what you have, not what you don't have. Yep. Most people wake up and they focus on what they don't have. And they look at their TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, and compare. They look in the mirror and they focus on all their flaws. Yep. So brain science tells us that 80% of human thoughts are negative. So we have to train gratitude. And there's so much brain science on the power of gratitude. Um, yeah. Lowers stress. It boosts your, your immune system. Uh, more yeah. grit. Able to sleep better. Happier. The next G I want to think about happiness is in success is giving 
give, give, be a servant, help others. When you help and serve, your brain produces dopamine and serotonin. These are happy chemicals. Yep. When you're part of a, a tribe and you're connecting, it, it creates what's called oxytocin. These are happy chemicals. These are bonding chemicals. So Try it of fun. In, yeah. Well, it's just, it's just be the best part of someone's day. Yeah. Like that's how influence happens. That's how you lead people is I say, seek to serve. Don't swerve. Let's go. And the third one is, is growth and growing. Like look at failure as feedback, celebrate when you make a mistake, like champion that and invest in your development, invest in your, your wellness, your mental fitness, audiobooks, podcasts, mentors like yourself. In this day and age, ignorance is a choice. No doubt. The access to information we have, but look at, you know, fear of failure. That is a chance to get better. God put the best things in life on the other side of fear. That's how we grow and get better. So success is in gratitude, giving, and growing every single day. Not some stat sheet, not some scoreboard, not some accolade, not how many followers you have, how many views you got. But was I grateful? Was I giving and serving? And did I grow?